Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find a link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 64. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Cord Overstreet. The singer, songwriter and actor recently released his third studio EP, entitled Stone Man. In today's episode, we're talking with Cord about being on the road with his dad, his approach to songwriting, and yes, we talk about Glee. Here we go. today is a singer-songwriter and actor based in California. He's recently released the single What's Left of You, which is found on his third studio EP, Stone Man. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Cord Overstreet. Hello, how are we? Good, how's it going? Good, thank you, Cord. Uh, thank you very much for, for joining us. Where are you joining us from today, actually? Um, I'm actually in Los Angeles. Beautiful. I know that... You were spending a little bit of time in, um, I think you're in Mexico recently. Is that right? I, I was in Mexico um, for three months filming a project down there and uh, got back like, almost two weeks ago now. Yeah, right. Uh, how was it? Good. Humid, hot, but uh, fun. Got got some good stuff. I actually um, <clears throat> did some ADR for it today and got to see some stuff. So it, it looks really fun and it's, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a, a good show. So. That's very exciting and um, also uh, very jealous. It's it's very cold here in Australia at the moment. It's um it's our winter, so I'm uh, very jealous of the the beautiful weather you've been having in Mexico. Uh, congratulations on Stone Man, the EP. Thank you very much. It is the third studio EP that we've um, that we've received from you. How long have these songs been in the works? Um. I probably started a lot of them in March of 20, 2020, maybe. So like probably like, I guess like a year. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, um, I started working on like a week before the, the shutdown and then a couple more, uh, after. Did you find, um, we've spoken to a number of musicians and artists about this. Did you find that, you were more productive in that time in, in lockdown, like, uh, like kind of writing and being able to have the time to, to do those things. I personally did not. Um, just cause I get so much, uh, juice out of, you know, living and experience things, experiencing things and, uh, really just being out in the world. So I, I, I found it, 
uh, creatively uh, kind of hard to provoke myself to, you know, write and work because I just kind of felt like I wasn't having anything new to say. Um, you know, but I, I, I kind of, kind of powered through and, uh, got, got together with a couple of, uh, my buddies and started working on some stuff and, uh, got it, got the ball rolling again. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you are somewhat musically prolific in, in the sense that you've, you've got this project as Cordover Street. Um, you've also got the, the project of just over street, which is somewhat different, uh, musically, Mm -hmm. When you sit down and, and uh, you know, like you're, you're writing songs, you're getting into that headspace, how how do you differentiate the two or, or how do you kind of go, this is a chord thing or this is just an overstreet thing? Um, I mean, it kind of, I feel like I'll, I'll probably end up just like at some point just merging everything together. <laughs> just put <laughs> <laughs> the universe. Um, no, I, I did a, a tour in 2000, I think 18 and it was all just acoustic, just me and the guitar and went around and played probably 40, 30, 40 shows. And, uh, it was at these venues. It was like, you know, a thousand people, 2000 people or 800, you know, just like kind of like these, these like big clubs, but not like, and you know, you can kind of hear everything when it's so intimate and acoustic and, it, <laughs> and, and it's, it's a lot harder with an acoustic guitar to really jam out on an upbeat song and get people going. And after doing that tour, uh, after doing that tour, I was just kind of like, man, I kind of want to just, I kind of want to rock out a little bit and, you know, make some music that's, you know, people can move to and, you know, have, have a great time and party. And, uh, you know, there's the side of me that's the, that, is more singer songwriter, more, uh, the storyteller stuff. And then, you know, I kind of try to move that into something a little bit more upbeat and a little more, a different feel. Um, and at, at the beginning, I really had a lot of, a lot less music on my Cordover street, um, Spotify. So I, I didn't know if it would be too disconnected. So I started, um, I wanted it to be like a band vibe. So I started a band and we started going around and touring and, uh, rocking out and that's what we did we just like played played a bunch of shows drank a bunch of red bulls before or <laughs> tequila and just like had a blast um you know and then there's the there's the times when you just you, i like to party i like to have a good time and then there's the times when i'm kind of in my feels you know how often do you think those two um like as you said in in the live setting it is really difficult to you know like kind of rock out with an acoustic do you, do you ever have a moment where you are playing one of the more singer songwritery gigs and you're like, shit, I, I kind of wish I had the band with me or I could really go those uh, Red Bull and tequilas? I mean, there's always like, there's always a rush you get from playing live that it's hard to really describe like an hour. And I mean, playing music in general, whether it's with the band or acoustic, it's one of those things to where I start a song and the next thing I know the whole show is over. If it goes by in a second, um, but it would always be great to where it's like, sometimes you're not feeling, you're not in the mood to where you, you want to dive into some heavy, heavy stuff. And you're just like, you know what? I kind of want to just like, you know, bring the house down right now. And so that's, that would be great. You know, if you have the option to always have a band with you, but, uh, 
Yeah, you always you you can kind of and it's every crowd you go and play for is different, so it's kind of it's hard to pre like uh, put a set list together pre like predetermine what your set list is because sometimes it's like you know with stand up you kind of read the room it's like oh this joke isn't working let me shift here, um, so and you know I always want to like I always want to have fun and move a lot. It's like get your blood going and it's you feed you you feed off the live audience the live audience feeds off you it's kind of you know when things get going and you're amped up it's just it's nonstop yeah i can definitely um understand that <laughs> um a lot of people might know you as sam evans from glee which we will touch on in a bit but um you, you come from quite a, a musical background even like before the show uh you're dad uh, is Paul Overstreet who's quite a well-known figure within the music industry as a singer and a songwriter he's mm-hmm. worked with or written for Blake Shelton I think Randy Travis um he uh, I didn't uh, realize this initially but I found out while researching that he was one of the co-writers of When You Say Nothing At All which um yeah. that song is massive huge huge song um when you uh when did you start to realize that you had an interest in music and when you started singing and picking up the guitar and being like yeah like this is what i want to do and can do um i mean i always I, it was always around my house obviously because you know i was going on the road with my dad and he was a country artist and touring with him and watching him play these massive shows and he's he's incredible so you know getting to watch that up close it was just i always had these little you know toys r us type shitty acoustic <laughs> shitty acoustic guitars i carry around the house and just they sound off when you're just like me mindlessly strumming um but then my dad would kind of like he would take me and some of my siblings up to the studio and he would let us sing on the microphone or you know he would have me go up there and back then it was all analog to where i would have to go rewind uh, the, the tape punch in when he would do a vocal. And so he got, I got to help like him work the machine a little bit. And, uh, that was always fun, but yeah, I just kind of, he was, he's just a really great storyteller. And I just was always fascinated with his ability to, you know, tell a story regardless of his circumstances and his, uh, his situations. Uh, you know, he, he always said to me, he was like, cause I write a lot of um, emotional songs or sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of get a little sad sometimes. And my dad, uh, he, he says this thing where he was like, he goes, you know, my dad had a really hard life growing up. And uh, he says, he says this thing to me and he was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't write, I didn't always write how my life was. I, I wrote how I wished my life or how I wanted my life to be. And I thought that was really cool. And like a way to kind of have a, have such a positive take on it. But I mean, I've learned, I've learned uh, a whole lot from him on just storytelling, how to craft a song, uh, way, you know, ways to sing and, you know, even playing guitar. But uh, yeah, he's been a major influence on me. Without giving too many of his um, tricks, well, I guess all your tricks away. Um, when you do sit down to write a song, are you someone that finds inspiration and like when you're doing a mundane task and you can be like, Oh, oh cool. I'll, I'll turn that melody line into this song. Or is it something that you sit down and you uh, like, you have to actively focus on? 
you know, it's sometimes it's just different. You know, sometimes I'll go into the studio and I'll be in a session and be working with a producer that's super talented and, uh, I'll just start saying something like, yeah, that, that, you know, whatever it is. And then I'll just start trying to kind of figure out what the words are. And then sometimes I'll have titles in my phone, just something that I'm just driving down the road. And like, I'm like, Hmm, I always said that. Or sometimes it's like, I'll just start singing a chorus and it'll happen. Um, you know, and there's other times where I'm goofing around and making a spoof or a joke song and just like having fun and like getting a kick out of, playing by myself alone and uh, i'll be like wait but that melody is kind of interesting i was like well what if i did this and kind of twisted this here and here uh you just never know when something hits you so i always i always just had write random ass notes on my phone whether it's like something like <laughs> like you'll, i'll find something in there like baby got back or something and there's just like very <laughs> random and i'm like what the heck what, what was it? it must have been i must have had an inspiration uh, a, a tornado of inspiration right at that moment or something because this doesn't make any sense but i i uh, i just kind of always just try to write everything down and try to figure it out later if i can or i'll i'll record stuff on voice notes and i have probably like 8000 voice notes of stuff that's just absolute garbage <laughs> <laughs> but you know going going through there you find something you're like oh actually that's cool okay let me explore that I'm very curious to see uh, whatever whatever it is that included "Baby Got Back" as a uh, as a note, even if it's just as a reference. I'm very curious to see what uh, what project kind of comes from that one. <laughs> that, that was just a uh, an example because of the song, but, <laughs> but you know, it's it, it's like I can I, it's it's random stuff. I, I can like open up my phone right now and look through there, and it's just like like what? <laughs> like some of the stuff is like there's a. Uh, just, I mean, just the most ridiculous, uh, just titles. I mean, they're, they're, I'm not, I'm almost too embarrassed to even say any of them out. Uh, <laughs> there's grocery lists. <laughs> Look, we uh, we won't make you read any of them um, out loud. No, I might, I might get I might get in trouble because a lot of them are so so inappropriate spoof type songs. <laughs> that's a um, that's a very different project. That's uh, not called or over street. That the uh, that might be a pseudonym project. Truck stop, truck stop Bobby. That's what we're calling. It. <laughs> I uh, look forward to uh, to that album as well. Uh, the EP is uh, it's it's leaded by the single "What's Left of You." which is this gorgeous uh, kind of piano-led ballad that is still still quite a, like a, a pop song, a pop banger. Where did the, the catalyst for this song kind of come from? Um, we had been writing in, I was in Nashville writing with um, Emily Wiseman at the time, and I think we were going over some production stuff uh, and nothing was, was hitting, and I kind of just sat down at the piano and I was like, I had, I think I had this title idea in my, in my phone and I was just like, I, I, I kind of been in an on and off situation with this girl where it was eating me up and I was always like kind of meeting her 90% of the way and she was never coming the 10% of the way that, which even that's imbalanced and ridiculous. But, you know, I was always like trying to make it as easy as her as possible on her. And, you know, there was just something that was never quite excuse me, um, never quite right with the 
relationship. And she always just was like, you know, you don't want to be with me right now. I'm a, I'm a mess. So, you know, and it's like this and this and this. And I was, but then I would like, I would like fall off and I'd be like, all right, you know what? Like I'm, I'm fucking over this shit. And then like, as soon as I was over it, she'd reach out and she'd be like, Oh, emotional crutch. And it was just like this kind of thing. And I was like, you know, it's like, I couldn't help, but like, feel like I had, I, I, feel like I needed to be there for her and needed. So it was like, you know, it's like, say you're such a mess. I like the mess you make. Think you're too hard. Ed. You're not that hard to take. Like I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever it is almost on your terms. And if you don't have a lot to get, uh, give, I'll, uh, I'll take what's left to you. You know, so it's, it's just kind of this message of like unconditional love, no matter what the circumstances. And we were in the studio that day and uh, Emily's such a great, uh, talented songwriter that it was just kind of, this the song just kind of poured out of both of us in uh, probably like 30 minutes and stuff. Um, but really easy day. And I love days when songs come that easy. And it was just kind of started with playing the piano and singing. And she said this, she's like, well, she's like, how could I be better off without you if I'm not better off without you? And I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's just a very simple way to say that. It's a very good line. It is, um, it is a gorgeous song. And there are, um, there are some other lovely moments on the EP as well. When you are writing, I'm wondering, going to Nashville and, and writing, because, sorry, is, is your family based in Nashville or are you based in Nashville? Um, I mean, I've been in LA for like 10, 12 years now, but um, I, I don't know, maybe you did 12 years, shit. Um, I go back in Nashville like months, months at a time and work there and kind of, you know, stay with my family and, uh, make sure I spend a lot of time there. So I don't get, uh, I don't look, get, get out of touch with my roots, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I gotta go back and forth. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be, um, 50, 50 here and there. The reason why I ask, I'm, I'm very curious as, um, as we discussed earlier, your, your dad is quite an acclaimed singer and, um, and, and songwriter from, from Nashville, your brother is in hot shell Ray. You yourself are a musician. I didn't realize, I think, um, from like an, I guess an outsider's perspective, Nashville is quite a musical city in 2017. I think I spent a week or so in Nashville and it really is like the music, uh, hub for, for American, for songwriters. There's, there's just like an incredible kind of, like you go into one bar and there's an open mic and then two doors down, there's another bar. And everybody sings, everybody writes, everybody can't sing. It's like everybody comes there to do that. And, and they're, exactly, all really exactly. they're all really talented, which is crazy. It's like you go into, uh, you go into anybody's house and you'll just see guitars hanging up on the wall or, you know, you have a party and it'll usually turn into everybody playing music that they've written for each other. It's just kind of, it's, it's, it's a very creative town and the city is so energetic and alive. Uh, it's a really exciting place and it's definitely a different place than I grew up. Uh, when I grew up, it was a, everything was moving really slow. And, you know, the, you know, the best restaurant in town was probably the, uh, Wendy's, (laughs) 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 you know, or the Sonic drive-ins. It was like, there was none of what's out there now. And like, every time I come back, there's like eight more cranes in the sky and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people moving there. It's just nuts. I was going to ask, but um, I think that you might have um, already answered the question with with Nash- uh, sorry with Nashville. Whether you think you would be in the same position, uh, like musically, if you if you hadn't been in Nashville, but from from what you said, I think uh, it might not be the case. If I had been in Nashville, yeah, um, 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I've written, a, I've written a good bit of my songs in Nashville, but if I had been in Nashville, I'd probably be a country artist right now. <laughs> that's uh that's very fair that's that's also very fair uh no I, i grew up singing country music and writing country songs and so it's uh it's definitely like i'd probably just be you know i think uh moving out to la when i was like 19 definitely uh had something to do with the uh, you know directionally where i've where i've you know different paths and stuff that i've gone down so yeah of course The path that you did go down, obviously, um, as we mentioned before, led you to a TV show called Glee, where um, a lot of people might know you as the the lovable Sam Evans from season two until I think the final season. Being a singer-songwriter, you know, doing what you do and then having that um, international spotlight on you, what was, what was that kind of uh, jump like initially? Um, I mean, gosh, it was, it was definitely a weird, uh, it was really hard to explain. Uh, it, it was just instantaneously and overnight and I hadn't really seen much of the show. So I really didn't know how big of a deal the show was, and, you know, after filming like the pilot going to like one event or something where I think it was like the teen choice awards or something like that. And I was like, yeah, nobody's ever heard of me. And like, I'm like, I, I don't even know why I would be walking down this road red carpet right now with a bunch of these Nickelodeon and Disney. Um, and everybody like when they were asking to like get an interview and it was like, they were asking to interview me and I was like, I, I nobody's seen anything I've done. What it, like, and it was, the show was so big. It was just like, couldn't go anywhere. And I didn't really realize it because everywhere I had been, had been really contained for like, while I was in LA cause I was literally going from my house to work every day from my house to work and was, I was working nonstop. And I really saw how different everything was when, uh, I went home for Christmas and I went to like a mall and go Christmas shopping with my family. And it was just like everywhere I went, it was just like getting mobbed here. And mobbed. Like, what the heck? Like, what the heck's going on? So it was a really weird adjustment. Um, and something to like just experience because it was definitely, it was the show was so big. It was kind of out, after that, it was kind of out of everybody's control. It was, um, it was obviously a worldwide phenomenon, uh, having like a, a huge cultural impact as well. 
have you found that being a musician, because, um, and I, I also realize the irony in me asking this <laughs> just, um, just after asking you about clay, but have you found that it's been a, a good thing to then, uh, like try and continue your music career or has it been a thing that you have to, um, not necessarily get out of the shadows of, but I, I guess, do you find any frustration with people like myself having to, to, to bring up Glee when, when you're trying to talk about you as a, like as a musical artist? No, I don't really, I think it's part of, I think it's part of your story. Whatever happens, you know, happens. And it's like, I, you don't, I don't really, like, I don't look back on anything and be like, you know, I not wanting to talk about it. I don't want to bring stuff up and only wanting to be like, it's like, you know, it's part of your story, whatever your story is. And it's like, whatever, you know, whatever road led you to exactly where you are. It's just, that's, that's what, that's what happened. That's how it happened. There's no, you know, ifs, ands or buts. I mean, I could be a, a, a doctor right now if I would, if I would have spent all, you know, <laughs> much of my life in medical school and doing it, you know, but it's like, not that I ever wanted to be a doctor. I don't think I would be fit to operate on anybody, but you know, I, <laughs> I think all of that stuff kind of makes you who you are in some weird way. And, you know, I'm a different person now than I was at 25, you know, and I was, when I got on the show at like 20 or 21, I'm, I'm completely, I was a completely person at 25 and you kind of get to see, you know, I, there's, there's moments where we're in the show where I'm watching, I can kind of, I'm watching myself grow outside of, I can tell, I can tell certain things are different. Certain things are changing while I'm watching. So it's kind of like a nice little, uh, uh, journal to go back and look through. Do you still keep in contact with, uh, cause I know that a few people from the show have gone on to, um, to like pursue or continue on musical path themselves. Like, um, like Darren Chris, who's, he's continued becoming a musician as well as uh, like, as well as having the, as act, uh, sorry, as well as having acting. Do you guys still keep in touch and discuss like mutual musical projects together that, um, that like aren't Lee? Not, I don't think we've like, like discussed like collab. I mean, we, we, we talk, I talk to him and like pretty much everybody that's, you know, around like fairly, fairly often. Um, but I mean, we talk about like goofing off in the studio and stuff like that. And like, not ever like doing a duet and putting it out, but, um, you know, we, we both love, we're both studio heads and love going in there and just having fun and jamming out. And so, um, but yeah, I I talk to those guys all the time. Uh, and Darren's super creative and super fun. So I'm ready for him to put out some more music so I can listen to it. I know he put out um, a single a few months ago, but yeah, we're still still waiting on more from him. Um, yeah. As I as I mentioned at the start of the episode, this is the third EP we've gotten from you. Can we expect a uh, a full length LP, a full length record from you at any any point soon? Um, yeah, I mean, I've got I've got two more like summer summer uh, songs coming here, I think at uh, in August. Um, but I've got probably like a hundred songs stacked up in my, you know, in my vault that I'm just waiting to <laughs> put out and finding the right time. But, you know, I, as I keep writing, I keep shelving more and more because I'm like, oh, I, I think this is kind of better. I think this is kind of better. So it's just kind of, you know, writing, I, there's definitely a, a, an aging process to some of the stuff that I write. I can hear like, oh, I can hear how young I was here in some of these lyrics, or I can hear how, 
how little I know, but I think I know a lot. And some of these other songs, <laughs> I can hear, you know, your voice changes slightly. And there's all sorts of different things. Or like, I'm stylistically into this kind of stuff. Oh, now I'm kind of like into this kind of stuff. So you can hear it all. So trying to find a really great producer that can, you know, sift through some of that stuff and see what's what makes sense now. It, uh, I think, is probably the next the next step. But I always try to beat everything that I have. Uh, with new songs as much as possible. Um, and then there'll be the songs that I just can't stop. Uh, there's something about them that just like, I don't know, this is different. Like four years later, three years later, five years later, I'm still, I'm still weirdly attached to this song. Maybe I should put this out. So there's stuff like that. And I've kind of been, uh, um, I mean, I would love to just flood, flood all my music out there just, just to purge it out and just to be like, Hey, here's, here's here this is what it is uh but yeah probably i'll 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 probably try to put a full length record out um i might just dump one out at the end of the year or start one at the top of the year and just (laughs) just to so these songs aren't just sitting on a shelf expiring you know look that's that's very fair i can understand that um obviously you don't want to give everything away at once but um i i know that there's quite a quite a lot of people that would be excited if you you did release um yeah court over street the vault and also maybe maybe shocked <laughs> a little bit <laughs> well, there's a reason why he was holding out on putting some of these out <laughs> i'm sure that's um i'm sure that's not the case i'm sure you're just being um i'm, be- uh, I'm being, just being hard on yourself hard on myself yeah <laughs> Cord, uh lastly we would um we'd usually ask uh, uh what our guest is currently listening to is there um, any record or records that are getting a spin at the moment that you're loving? Jeez. Um, I mean, I, I usually go, go back into the oldies catalogs and, you know, stuff from like the fifties to the eighties and just like binge and just listen to like that over and over again. But I mean, I've been listening to some new stuff like, uh, new stuff here and there, some pop stuff, just trying to kind of see what's, you know, what people are listening to out there. Um, and it all kind of, um, it all kind of seems to kind of blend together. There's a lot of, uh, you can see a lot of older influences influencing pop music right now. Um, yeah. And a lot like, and kind of putting a different twist on it, which is really cool and interesting. And it's kind of great to see some of these older vibes and songs and these feels, uh, inspiring modern music. So I think that's really cool. Um, I love Anderson pack. I kind of just vibe out on Anderson pack a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of up and coming young, uh, artists that are just blowing up from TikTok that are kind of finding new ways to get music out there and, and being really inventive. So, I mean, I've kind of just been trolling a lot of a lot of that stuff lately but i'm a huge fan of like 70s 80s music and i just i i really that's usually what's on my playlist that's cool i can um get that (laughs) uh as you said there is there's a lot of 70s and 80s kind of influence on songwriting at the moment um like with uh, bands and artists like anderson pack and silk sonic and Mm -hmm. Uh, like even little bits of um, like Billie Eilish, like the songwriting structure, her songwriting structure is very like seventies and eighties almost. Yeah. 
Can you see some stuff like Harry Styles? Like, there's like some disc, like there's like disco feels kind of coming back. Uh, you know, Dua Leap is kind of doing it. Harry Styles, uh, The Weeknd kind of does a little. There, you can there's he's like kind of has nods at like '80s stuff, and like you can see like I you can see there just with a bunch of different artists. Like, all right, I'm kind of I'm gonna try to do what this artist was doing with a little bit of a modern twist. You know, and I think that, yeah, I think music's kind of similar to fashion in that sense. You know, it's like right now it's like, oh, well, the the nineties are kind of back. It's baggy t-shirts and like, you know, (laughs) baggy clothes everywhere. And then it's like, oh, bell bottoms are in, in the nineties, you know, like late nineties. And it's like the two thousands. It was like, you know, there's, I think everything kind of recycles. And I think without music, without music getting too digital, you know, and, where it's like it can only it can only evolve as much as technology evolves but i think that there's things where i'm like all right i'm seeing like 80s pop here okay i'm seeing like 70s disco kind of come back and make it and then there's like i'm sure like the third eye blind vertical horizon 90s 90s kind of era <laughs> smash mouth that stuff is like next but you know you see i mean it's it's probably i give it like three or four years and it's probably what everybody's going to be doing Look, I didn't hate Vertical Horizon, to be honest. <laughs> there were there were some okay bands in that um in that time period. So you know what? It's it's not all bad. I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, you might get Chumbawamba back with uh <laughs> you, remember, you remember that song? <laughs> I get knocked out, but I get up again. <laughs> oh I I don't know what the modern version of that would be, but um um I, I'm very curious to see what it is. Yeah, yeah. who knows? I mean there's so much great music in the 90s. But I mean, nostalgia is big. So it's like whenever anybody hears anything familiar and then there's a new twist on it, it's kind of fresh and exciting mixed with, I don't know why I feel like I'm attached to this. Exactly. It's the the whole, like, I recognize it, but it's new. So um, it makes it easier to, to like jump to it or attach to it, as you said. Yeah. And that's like a great song. Like, and that's the thing is like a great song. You can put any kind of production you want to it. It's still, it's it's a great song. You know, if it's a great, if it's great on the acoustic guitar, you can, you know, you can always kind of try to go where, where the trends go. But I think it's like broken down. That's like my favorite thing when it's acoustic and a vocal, it's like, you just, the story is what you respond to. Exactly. I I would agree with that. It, um, it can be like a massive pop hit, but if if the foundation isn't strong enough, then you've got, just kind yeah, of, and then, you know, it's yeah. like you have a song that people respond to and that's just great and it's just like a really genuine message. When people hear it, uh, they have an emotional attachment to it and they want to listen to it, you know, hopefully for the rest of their lives here here and there. And, uh, you know, it's not dated by production. You know, it, it feels timeless. Exactly, exactly. Um, Cord, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. I do appreciate it. Um yeah, thank you very much for your time this evening and congratulations again on the EP, Stone Men. Thank you very much. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Cord for his time. Stone Man is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you want to buy or stream the EP. We also want to give a huge shout out to Patrick at Revelator Management for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes, where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. 
We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlist streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.